Welcome to the Shekinah Meditation Podcast, created by Shekinah Community members. Shekinah Communities are dedicated to creating free devotional spaces of Christian practice for spiritual seekers and travelers around the world. We post Christ-centered guided meditation each week to help you in your personal or small group practice. You can find episode show notes and other information at shekinahcommunity.com. Hello, this is Ro. And this is Ray. This is week 43 of the podcast. It's Thursday the 25th of July as we record this. And we're sitting with the world's cutest nearly 12-year-old as we record. Shout out to Asha who's turning 12. Woo! Yay! <laughs> She's been here hanging out at the garden today, doing her math and doing her work very nicely. <laughs> Listeners, this podcast is supported by you. Because this podcast is about meditation, we want to keep it ad-free. Our beloved patrons at patreon.com support us for as little as a dollar a month, and patrons get extra audio every month. You can find us at patreon.com forward slash Shekinah Meditation Podcast. And our extra audio is finally up for last month. Woohoo! Ro, can you tell us about it? Yes. So I uh, recorded just a little uh, meditative check-in with the different elements of oneself hmm. uh, as a person. So the different parts of who we are. So it's, yeah, just a little practice that I came up with a few weeks ago for our retreat and just thought it would be a good, yeah, good practice to share with you guys. Um, yeah, so I hope you enjoy it, patrons. Yeah, and if you amazing. want access to it, other people, just join up on our Patreon site and uh, just a couple of dollars a month can get you access to extra little bits like that every month. And it really helps us. For instance, right now we are replacing the grass roofs on our buildings. We have four buildings with grass roofs. All of them have grass roofs. And they're beautiful, beautiful and simple, but every few years we have to replace them because they get really worn away and there's little tiny bits and there's holes and the rain comes in and mm -hmm. falls on our stuff. So one thing that your patronage is supporting is replacing roofs, and that is huge for us. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much, patrons. For literally keeping a roof over our heads. That's right. Ah, <laughs> um, you're the best, patrons. You guys, you're like a strong wall made of earth, like the very one we are leaning upon. We are leaning against a strong wall like you right now, made mm -hmm. of earth. Mm -hmm. It smells good. It's mm -hmm. warm colored. It's reliable. And beautiful. And earthy. That's what you're like, patrons. You're like that. <laughs> Tell me what you've been up to this week, Ray Ray. Well, I have been doing all of the normal things. We had community lunch. Mm -hmm. We had a singing circle on Monday. We had Bible circle on Tuesday. And we said goodbye to our new German friends that mm. have been with us for seven weeks. Yep. Um, that was a bit sad, mm. but also beautiful to have new friends in the world. Um, we, yeah, I've been arranging workers for the roofs mm -hmm. and electric stuff and all the little details and homeschooling and everything, all mm. the normal stuff. Nice. What about you, Ro? Mm, well, uh, on Tuesday, I guided a movement meditation here at the garden with Laura. We collaborated. Um, so I guided uh, some folks who came along into movement and dance mm. and meditation on some scripture. But Laura wrote some songs for us and performed the whole time. Wow. Like, not performed, but like played music and yeah. accompanied the meditation and was just really intuitive and amazing at improvising. Some beautiful music for us to move to. Wow. And yeah, she wrote these pieces that were so gorgeous for, yeah, just meditating on the exact verses that we had, you know? Like, mm. it's nice to pick songs that have some words, maybe, if you're making a playlist, but. Having a live musician who has made songs for that meditation, like yeah. it couldn't be more perfect. So nice. And everyone so who came was, yeah, it was. Everyone who came was like really, yeah, pleased with how the music was and commented on how, yeah, how powerful it was and how, how it fitted so well with the meditation. And yeah, I loved doing that. That, that was, is so great. And yeah. you said you <laughs> called it a dance meditation for the first time. That's very true. Yeah, ordinarily I call it movement meditation. I think because I... I'm not, I, I don't have a dance background. I wouldn't call myself a dancer. But when you're moving around to music, 
one word to describe that could be dance. <laughs> so I decided to just be brave and call it a dance slash Aww. movement meditation. Yeah. Yeah. And that, yeah, for those of you who haven't been to that sort of thing, it just involves um, reading a verse from scripture or a couple of verses and just guiding people into movement and some kind of dance that's really their own personal style of dancing and moving and just connecting with God through movement and through mm. your body. It's mm -hmm. very beautiful. I find it really powerful and lovely. Very freeing. Yeah, it's very free. It's a good way to process and some people find it a really nice way to pray and just mm. connect with God in a different way. Yeah, it's mm. beautiful. And then also this week, today actually, in about an hour, we're having a bake sale today uh, here at the garden in about an hour. Uh, it's a fundraising bake sale for our friends at Kwa Dao. So they're a charity who uh, support uh, disadvantaged families in our area. Mm -hmm. Every month or so we try and do a little fundraising event for them. So we're yeah. Yeah, selling cake and chai and stuff today for them. Oh, that'll we'll be, fun. be here. Yes. I will definitely bring Leafy. He will be very <laughs> upset to miss it. This is what I know from the last time. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I love how a lot of the kids in our communities do save up all their allowance mm -hmm. and then come and splurge it once a month. It's true. They really do. <laughs> it's really lovely. Today's episode is a narrative meditation on the story of the woman at the well in John 4. It's written and guided by Naomi and recorded at Shekinah Garden in Thailand. So this kind of meditation is more of a story element that you can mm. really sort of sink into. Mm -hmm. Naomi has uses a lot of creative freedom with filling out all the details and the blanks mm. in between the, the phrases of the story in the Bible in order to bring it in kind of a new light. And yeah, it feels like a journey. It feels like, just feels like being brought really deeply into something with yeah. a lot of space for meditation mm -hmm. in between the, the bits of the story that she tells. Yeah. So Naomi will first guide you into a place of quiet and then she'll take you on a narrative journey of the passage with silence in between the parts. And then for the third part, you can process your experience. So either by journaling or in a small group if you've been meditating with other people. We find it's a good practice to listen well to each other, not interrupting or correcting each other. So maybe using a talking stick or another object could be helpful. Let's begin. Um, we're just going to jump straight in. This morning I'll be reading a, a story from the ancient scriptures in a form of um, biblical storytelling. So I have added some embellishments um, just to bring the story to life a little, but please um, feel free to go back and read the original. Um, but yeah, I hope this is a time for you to just really allow the story to come alive as we go into an imagination meditation this morning. So if you all just wanted to close your eyes and just begin to bring your awareness to your breath. Beginning to feel the breath within you. Drawing it in through your nostrils, filling up the whole body with air. And then exhaling, releasing it all out. And then begin to feel the air outside you. Maybe it's a breeze on your skin. Maybe there's stillness wherever you are. But just noticing. This air within and all around you.
begin to bring your awareness to your body this morning. Are there any aches and pains? Any stiffness? Take a moment to allow some movement if you need it, a stretch, a twist. Sometimes before we can settle into meditation, we need to find some form of movement in order that the body can sit and be still. If throughout the meditation you need to continue to find some movement or a stretch, please take the freedom and the grace to do so. This whole practice is about grace, not about how still we can be or how focused we can be because it's a practice, a practice of bringing our awareness back to the center, back to Christ, back to this idea of God within and God all around us, close to us, never leaving us and never abandoning us. Begin to hear the sounds all around us. It's a beautiful rainy day in Pai. Just beginning to listen to the rain gently falling around us. Taking notice of sounds close by and sounds far away. Sounds around us can distract us from meditation or sounds around us can be like a signpost, a wake up to realize that we have gone off on our own thoughts and to lead us back towards the meditation. If you find during the meditation that you've been distracted, just check in again with these sounds around you. And the sounds of the meditation.
going to give us some context before we go deeper into the meditation, some context around this story today. We're going to take ourselves back in time to the year 724 BC to northern Israel, the capital of Samaria. To the south of Samaria lies the land of Judah with its capital city of Jerusalem and 50 kilometers separates these two cities. Beginning in the year 724 BC, the north of Israel and the city of Samaria suffered many battles by the Assyrians, Egyptians and Babylonians. And as a result, the Israelites living there were taken from their homes and foreign lands and assimilated with the local populations. Those who stayed in Samaria faced conquering armies whose goal was to diminish, to diminish Israeli culture and identity. It was from these times in history that the Samaritan people originated. The Samaritan people developed their own version of Judaism and they still believed in the same God as the Jews but worshipped on Mount Gerizim instead of in Jerusalem. They had their own worship practices and their own scriptures in Aramaic which differed from those of the Hebrew scriptures. In 128 BC, the Jewish people from the south invaded and burned their temple to the ground. Tensions between them were high. Most Jews regarded the Samaritans as ignorant superstitious, outside of God's favour or consideration. The Jewish people of Jesus' days purposely avoided the region of Samaria in what can only be described as an act of racism and bigotry. And it is within this context that we begin our story. Take a moment to consider what would it be like to live in this region at this time. a deep inhale, fill the whole body with air, maybe take one last big stretch. And then find your sit bones grounding down through the mat and rising up through the crown of the head, sit tall. And then allow your breath to settle into a steady rhythm, deep calm and controlled. Tensions were rising in Jerusalem. The religious and political leaders of the time were watching Jesus and his followers carefully. They were attempting to cause division with those who devoted themselves to him. Jesus gathered his closest friends around him, the twelve, and they made a decision to withdraw for a few days to Galilee to a retreat. The normal route 
of the Jewish people would be a longer journey by foot along the Jordan River. Jesus, however, chose to go the shorter and more direct route, straight through Samaria. Jesus' friends were horrified by this idea and began to question Jesus. Why through Samaria? Why through a city of half-breed evil people? Why through a city of people who hated them? Not only was it probably dangerous for them, what would people think of them? What if their families knew? With the weight of doubt, fear, hatred, and even resentment on their shoulders, the disciples and Jesus began their journey along the dusty roads out of Jerusalem and into the land of Samaria. Take a moment to imagine this scene, activating the senses. What do you see? What do you smell? What do you taste? What do you feel? What do you hear? By this time, they had been walking for many hours. The sun was high in the sky, beating down on them. They were running out of water and their bellies began to grumble. Their heads became light and they needed a break. Up ahead, they saw a small Samaritan village. Take a break there and get some food and water, Jesus suggested. The disciples looked at each other. There, they questioned, looking ahead straight into enemy territory. This was crazy. Sure. Going to rest by the well a few minutes. Can you see if you can find some food? Jesus replied.
What? As if the situation couldn't get worse. Jesus wanted to get food from these people. Food that no doubt would be dirty, defiled, strange even. Food prepared by those hands. Reluctantly, the disciples continued into the town of Sychar to find food. As Jesus took a seat at the ancient well, called Jacob's Well. A beautiful, large and strong fig tree shaded the well and Jesus sat savouring the shade and the breeze from this beautiful tree. His mouth thirsted for water but he had nothing to draw water with. Just at that moment a woman approached the well Stunningly beautiful and laden with jewels around her neck, her ankles, her toes. She wore a vibrant red dress with a white scarf wrapped around her head. And she graciously balanced a large clay pot on her head. As she drew nearer to the well, her stunning eyes lined with black kajal met those of Jesus. Could you give me a drink of water? Jesus asked her. The woman, taken aback, placed her pot down beside the well and lifted her scarf further around her head, bringing it down over her eyes. And with her fingers pinning some fabric over her mouth and nose, so her face was covered. She looked down at the ground, fearful of what this man, this man who appeared Jewish, would want from her. This man looked like a rabbi, a teacher. By tradition, a rabbi would not speak to a woman in public, not even his own wife, daughter or sister. On top of this, it was very unusual for a Jewish person of the time to ask a favour or to drink from a Samaritan's cup. What do you see? What do you feel? What do you hear? What can you taste? Can you smell?
You are a Jew. I am a Samaritan and a woman. Why are you asking me for a drink? Jesus looked at her once again with safe, kind eyes, his gaze not turning away from her for even a second. Dear one, if only you knew the gift God has for you and who you are speaking to right now, you would ask me for a drink and I would give you fresh, living water. Her defenses up, the woman replied, Sir, you don't even have a pot or a rope to draw with, and this well is so deep, so how are you going to get this living water? And are you saying that you are better and can offer better water than this ancient well? This sacred well that our ancestor Jacob, his sons and his livestock built and enjoyed? What do you see? What do you feel? What do you hear? What can you taste? What can you smell? Jesus, still not moving his gaze away, replied, Anyone who drinks from this water will soon become thirsty again. But those who drink the water that I give them will never be thirsty again, not ever. The water I give will be an artesian spring within gushing fountains of endless life. Anyone who drinks from this water will soon become thirsty again.
But those who drink the water that I give them will never be thirsty again, not ever. The water I give will be an artesian spring within, gushing fountains of endless life. What do you feel? What do you hear? What can you taste? What can you smell? The woman began to relax a little. Who was this guy anyway? This woman was spunky, a powerful woman, yet one worn down by the hardships of life in these days, by relationships, by racism, by men. With a smirk on her face, she answered sarcastically, Sir, give me this water so I won't ever get thirsty again, and I won't ever have to come back to this stinking well. Jesus responded, still with grace and gentleness. Go call your husband and come back. With a hardened heart, she spat out with great pain, I have no husband. Her status as an unmarried woman, a divorcee, a widow, had rendered her cursed in this land. In her defensiveness, she was laying her heart bare before Jesus, waiting for the condemnation to come spewing forth right at her. Jesus, knowing her past and her hardships, answered softly, It's true. You've had five husbands, and the man you're living with now isn't even your husband. You spoke the truth. The woman yanked her scarf off from the covering of her face, lifted her head and straightened her spine. Life had been hard for her. Her life had been used and abused by men. Her family had disowned her. In this culture, she had no choice but to find shelter and safety with a man, whoever he might be. It was that or the streets. She was known in this town. She was that woman. This isn't the life she wanted, but this is the life that she got.
Defensively and with daggers in her eyes, she shot back at Jesus. Oh, so now you're a prophet, she said, rolling her eyes. Well, tell me this then. Our ancestors worshipped God on this mountain, but you Jews insist you can only worship in Jerusalem, right? Jesus lifted his hands out towards her to show the woman that he meant no condemnation or judgment of her. His voice echoed and spoke with kindness and maybe love. She had never heard that from a man before. Dear one, there is a time coming when the Samaritans will worship the divine neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. Your spirituality is one of the unknown, whereas that of the Jews is known, plain and clear. A time is coming, indeed it is now here, where your race, the colour of your skin, your gender will not matter. And the time has come when where you worship, whether in Jerusalem or on this mountain, will hold no weight. The divine is everywhere. Jesus continued taking hold of the woman's hand. It's who you are and how you live that count before God. The spirit of your worship and devotion must be the pursuit of truth. Those are the kind of people that the divine seeks. Those who are simply honest, open and raw with themselves before him. Those who worship him must do it out of their very being, their spirits, their true selves, in adoration to the one that loves them so much. What do you hear? What do you see? What can you taste? What can you smell? What do you feel?
as though these words were too much to bear, too beautiful to wish for, too wonderful to even hope for. The woman, softer now, replied, I'm not sure about that type of spirituality. But what I do know is that a Messiah is coming, and when he does, he will explain it all. With eyes that felt like they spoke deep into her soul, Jesus responded, I am he. You don't have to wait any longer or look any further. I, the Messiah, am here. The woman felt as though her heart was unraveling. Could a relationship with the divine really just be honestly coming before God with an open heart? With adoration and just worship? Without all the guilt and all the shame of the past? Could she come before God as a woman? A loose woman? A woman who had lived a life being exploited by men? This man, who was who he said he was, then the answer had to be yes. Because she was standing right in front of him. He knew her past. He knew what she had been through. And he didn't judge her. He didn't turn his eyes away from her. He looked deep into her soul. He respected her when no man had ever shown her respect. And he gave her hope that she wasn't an object, that she wasn't a half-breed, that she wasn't defined by her race, but instead by her heart. Was he the Messiah? the one sent by God to make all things right? What do you feel? What do you see? What do you hear? What do you smell? What can you taste? At that very moment, the disciples returned. They looked at Jesus, then at the woman. Their mouths hung open. Their faces turned to disgust. What the heck, Jesus? Not only are we in this town of dirty half-breeds, 
you're talking to a woman and not only one of their women but one who is clearly not an upstanding citizen but a defiled woman. The woman noticing the men out of the corner of her eyes saw their faces and in an instant the shame, the hurt, the fear, the self-loathing came flooding back. And once again in that moment she was right back where she had always been. Just that woman. Never good enough. Never enough. Stuck in a cycle of life and circumstances beyond her control. She quickly lifted her scarf over her head and her face once again. And as the tears began to crack through her once confident, hardened eyes, she turned and ran, and ran as fast as she could. Where could she hide? Where could she go from the shame? She found a tree in the distance and sat shaking beneath it, weeping uncontrollably. Hope lost is crushing. And to make matters worse, she realised in her fear she had left her water jar at the well, a treasured, vital possession. As her heart calmed and her breathing returned to normal, the woman wiped the tears from her eyes as she began to recount what had happened that afternoon. Her soul knew the truth. She knew deep in her heart that it was him, that he was the Messiah. But her head would not allow it. Too much pain, too much brokenness from the past. How could she let down the wall she had put up? The one thing she knew, though, was that she loved that man. Not in a romantic way, but there was a deep love and adoration for the man who sat there by the well. And regardless of her gender, her social status, her race, she spoke to her like a precious daughter, a sister. Her mind turned again to his followers. But how? How could I believe in this man, this Messiah, this one sent by God to bring reconciliation to the world, to all people, to all cultures? How? When his followers seemed so cruel, so judgmental, so mean. In a moment of clarity, her heart softened. They didn't know. They didn't know. They were just like her. Messed up. Lost victims of their own circumstances. Their upbringings. Their culture. Messy people. Just like me.
what can you hear? What can you see? What can you feel? What can you taste? What can you smell? After many hours, the woman composed herself and returned to her village. Her heart could not contain it. She ran to everyone who would listen to her and say, said, Come and see the man that told me everything I ever did. The man who knows me inside and out. Could he possibly be the Messiah? And the people came streaming out from their villages to see him for themselves. John chapter 4. He had to go through Samaria on the way. Eventually he came to the Samaritan village of Sikar, near the field that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. 
Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired from the long walk, sat wearily beside the well about noontime. Soon a Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Please give me a drink. He was alone at the time because his disciples had gone into the village to buy some food. The woman was surprised, for Jews refused to have anything to do with Samaritans. She said to Jesus, You are a Jew and I am a Samaritan woman. Why are you asking me for a drink? Jesus replied, if, only, if you only knew the gift God has for you and who you are speaking to, you would ask me and I would give you living water. But sir, you don't have a rope or a bucket and this well is very deep. Where would you get this living water? And besides, do you think you're greater than our ancestor Jacob who gave us this well? How can you offer better water than he and his sons and his animals enjoyed? Jesus replied, anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again. But those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh, bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. Please, sir, the woman said, give me this water, then I'll, be, I'll never be thirsty again and I won't have to come here to get water. Go and get your husband, Jesus told her. I don't have a husband, the woman replied. Jesus said, you're right, you don't have a husband you have had five husbands and you aren't even married to the man you're living with now. You spoke the truth. Sir, the woman said, you must be a prophet. So tell me, why is it that you Jews insist that Jerusalem is the only place to worship while we Samaritans claim it is here? at Mount Gerizim, where our ancestors worshipped. Jesus replied, Believe me, dear woman, the time is coming when it will no longer matter whether you worship the Father on this mountain or in Jerusalem. You Samaritans know very little about the one you worship. Well, we Jews know all about him, for salvation comes through the Jews. But the time is coming, indeed it is here now, when true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. The Father is looking for those who will worship him in that way. For God is spirit, so those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. The woman said, I know the Messiah is coming, the one who is called Christ. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus told her, I am the Messiah. Just then his disciples came back and they were shocked to find him talking to a woman, but none of them had the nerve to ask what do you want with her? Or why are you talking to her? The woman left her water jar beside the well and ran back to the village telling everyone, come and see a man who told me everything I ever did. Begin to feel the breath of life re-entering your nostrils. Filling up your whole body with life-giving breath.
Maybe it has a subtle smell. Exhaling out the mouth. Maybe it has a subtle taste. Begin to listen to the sounds around you once again. Zooming in on sounds far away and sounds close by. And then begin to feel into the body once again. Maybe wriggling fingers and toes. Maybe having a stretch. Feeling muscles stretch and contract and expand. And when you're ready, you can begin to come out of this time of solitude with divine and back into the company of others. Blinking open the eyes and when you're ready, we'll begin our talking circle. When you are ready, take a few deep breaths and begin your time of journaling or sharing with others. Thank you for joining today. There will be a new guided meditation each week, so don't forget to subscribe on iTunes or sign up for our newsletter to get podcasts delivered to your inbox at www.shakinacommunity.com forward slash podcast newsletter. Have a beautiful week. Blessings to you.